Real Cuff Radio is about to begin. Everybody loves a hero. I believe there's a hero in all of us. Welcome to Real Cuff Radio. And tonight our interview is with Joan Hunter. And I'm really excited because uh, when me and my family first started coming to the Lord, we were going to the First Assembly Church in Del Rio, Texas, and her, uh, the Happy Hunters were speaking there. Her, I guess it was your your mom, mom and, and dad. Was it your stepdad or dad? your dad? No, my mom okay, and dad. So. He adopted me, so I'm his. Okay, great. <laughs> so that you know. Uh, my mother reminded me of that. She says, don't you remember going in here and <laughs> them years ago? And I said, I said, I kind of do, but I mean, that's been a long time. So, um, anyway, my wife is on the line tonight. Hello. Hello. It's going to be an exciting and, night. Yeah. And, and we're really looking forward to, to hearing your testimony and uh, after seeing all the, you've got like 18 books out or something now? Well, I have 14 currently, and I'll have three more out within the next four months. There, wow. There, two of them are actually at the printer, and then another one should go within the next, um, probably within the next couple of weeks. It's going to go to, wow. you know, the person well, who lays it out here this week. We we definitely will end up having to have you back on here because I know you're not going to cover all all that in one That's sitting. That's true. But, but uh, it, why don't you just start with your testimony tonight, and we'll sit back and, and let you go. Okay, that sounds awesome. Well, um, I got saved when I was 12 years old. I had a wild and crazy, radical um, mother who was all out for the devil and uh, lived a wild sinner life and had a head-on collision with Jesus. And I'm like, wow, I have a totally, completely different mother here. And, uh, and I thought, I want what she's got. And so within a month, um, I, in turn, I, you know, I gave my heart to the Lord. And I was 12 and never backslid, never thought about it, never nothing. I uh, just went full speed ahead. Uh, went off to Oral Roberts University at the age of 18. And um, actually, when I was 16, my mom met my dad, so we moved to Texas. And uh, then at 18, I went off to Oral Roberts University and uh, met, uh, met my husband, my first husband. And, um, you know, we were married for 25 years, had four children, co-pastor church for um, 18 years, traveled with my folks, had an incredible ministry and so forth. And uh, all the while, he was living a double life as a homosexual. And, uh, and when that came to a head, it was like, you know, the, the first affair, it's like, okay, I, have, I need to forgive him, you know, do the Christian thing, you know, that type of thing, and go on from there. And on his behalf, it just got worse and worse and worse. And, and then finally, God did release me um, to get a divorce in the year 2000, which has now been... Uh, 16 years ago, and uh, because, you know, with everything going on there, my life is threatened, this is happening, you know, all that kind of stuff is happening, 
and, uh, you know, and, and living a lie. So, you know, we had to shut the church down. Um, we lost our home. He, he lost all of his income or most, you know, his Christian income. I lost all of my, you know, income from him, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, you know, it was, you know, we lost our home. I mean, you know, we sold the home, but used everything that we had in equity to get out of debt and started over basically with nothing. And, um, and so get divorced. Two days after the divorce, I go and have my annual mammogram diagnosed with breast cancer. So emotionally, I'm gone. Physically, I'm gone. Financially, I'm gone. You know, every avenue, every, everything in my life, I was just, everything was, it was just stripped from me. All of my identity, you know, going through empty nests all at the same time. Uh, they were all living there, and all of a sudden, they were pretty much not all not there at all. So it was like me and the dogs. I'm like, man, this is really horrible. And um, you know, long story short is that you know I was I I told God I said I can live without a breast, but I can't live with a broken heart. And and I said you're gonna have to heal me a broken heart. So I would go to counselors. They say. You know, seven, eight years are going to feel a little better, but realistically, you're never going to get over this. Well, the next one, same thing, next one, same thing. I'm like, and these spirit-filled Christian counselors aren't giving me any hope whatsoever. And I'm like, I need, I need hope somewhere in this thing that I'm going to make it, if nothing else, emotionally. And, um, and so at that point, um, you know, I, I said, God, your word says that we can be healed, that we can walk out our healing. And that, you know, it is our covenant for us to be healed, you know. And, you know, plan B is surgically, but plan A is through him. So at that point, I started dealing with, you know, the, the stress, the trauma, uh, betrayal, just, you know, uh, worry and all that kind of stuff, which I believe that that is the primary thing that brings on um, breast cancer. So here I'm dealing with all of that kind of stuff and getting rid of it, you know, one one step at a time, you know, walking out, forgiving him, releasing him of what he did, knowing that what he did will always be wrong and not saying, okay, now what you've done is now fine because it's not, but forgiving him and releasing him into all that God, you know, that got, releasing him, that in turn released me into all that God has for me. And, um, and so, um, and, you know, my heart started doing better. I was so excited. I, I went back to the oncologist. I was like, okay, what are we going to do? You know, lumpectomy, radiation, chemo, mastectomy, what's the plan? So two hours later and, you know, of, of the sonogram going, you know, all over my body and, and the upper part of my body, they're going, I'm really sorry. We don't know what happened, but everything that we saw the last time you were in, is completely gone, and uh, and I'm like glory to God, and you just mentioned before we went on air that you had just finished reading my book Power to Heal, and Power to Heal deals with demagnetizing Christians against sickness. Too many Christians are magnets to sickness uh, by worry, stress, trauma, your mouth. Well, you know, it's cold this time of year, and this is when <laughs> you start getting colds and coughs and sinus problems. And so at that point, you know, you start saying it, and boom, you've got it. 
And, uh, you know, and it's like, I'll never get out of this financial mess. And then you wonder why you never get out of the financial mess. And our words need to come in alignment with his words, not with the world's, but with his words. And when we do that, all kinds of things are going to happen. Um, I teach about, uh, in that book, Power to Heal, I teach about the covenant and that so many people, they, you know, break the soul ties. And about two or three years after I was divorced, I'm like, you know what? I didn't go into a soul tie relationship with him. I went into a covenant. So I was still in covenant with everybody he was sleeping with, all the men that he had slept with and was sleeping with. And I'm like, oh, yuck, yuck. And so, and I teach this and the prayers, everything are in the book. And, and it's like, you know, you renounce the covenant that you made. I call him generic George. But that, like, I, I made with George, we're no longer in covenant, so I renounced that covenant in Jesus' name. And I tell you what, lightning went off on the inside of me with the reality of that freedom. And all of the covenant, which means everything that is his was mine, everybody that he had been in covenant with was also mine. So that was like, yuck. And uh, and so I, it was like, whoa, that is all cut off. I was like, you know, just so set free. It was absolutely, you know, amazing beyond words of the transformation in my own life as a result of just that one teaching. And then we've all been through trauma. You know, I was abandoned before I was born. Um, my father came back to shoot my mom when I was pregnant. When I'm sorry, when she was pregnant with me. Uh, my brother's father um, had passed away from brain tumor years ago, years before that, and so he was there, and he came back shooting, trying to kill us. Talk about trauma, you know, and uh, and how traumatizing that was. Then, um, you know, and then, then having to literally have a life raised without a father. That's why I was so excited when I turned 16. I got me a dad in Charles Center. And uh, an amazing, amazing man. And, um, you know, and, and then, you know, dealing with all of that, and, and it was like trauma, even in the womb, can affect you. And, and it's like with you being in the womb. And the stress and the trauma on around the pregnant woman can be transferred. The DNA from a, now this is kind of wild. This is really stretching it, so I hope some of you will follow me in the stretching here. But I was just recently in uh, Israel, and I met this lady whose parents were survivors of the Holocaust. They were not pregnant with her. They weren't even married when they went through the Holocaust. And now they, she is, she's like 40 years old, something like that, maybe, maybe older. And so they got married, had this little, had this girl who's now like 40-something. She has all the symptoms, all the memories of the Holocaust from her that, DNA. That is, wow, that's stretch. strange. Yeah, that's stretch. Yeah, that's, you know, but there's, there, and see, it, the, it, the trauma lodges in yourself. Now, in my book, Freedom Beyond Comprehension, I take trauma, specifically trauma, to another whole level. 
And that particular trauma, like I said, to another level, is like cellular memory. Uh, I wanted to come into a service, and, um, you know, you were in my mom and dad's services years ago, and, and uh, they would measure arms. Well, I did that, and uh, hers was about four to six inches shorter. I mean, dramatically short. She had to have all of her sleeves shortened. And um, and so, uh, you know, on the one one hand, on the right hand, and um, and so I prayed for her and it instantly grew out. She dropped to the floor, and I don't know if it was the Holy Spirit or if she just fainted, but she she was completely out. And um, so at that point, I heard from her a couple of months later. And uh, and her testimony was really great, and you know da 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 da. Well, I found out that when she was growing up, by the time she was twelve, she had six stepfathers. That does not include mom's boyfriends. That's six stepfathers. That's hell right there. Every one of them abused her in different areas, sexually, physically, oh. beat her verbally, and um, and so she was. When, when the hand would come toward her face, their hand, she would raise her arm, her right arm up to protect her face. And the growth plate in her arm from her elbow to her wrist never grew because it was destroyed because of so much beating. And so when that got healed, it grew out. But, you know, the hip was hurt by stepfather Sam. The knee was hurt by George. The knee was, you know, the ankle was hurt by this. And the head trauma because of this stepfather, all of that completely left. Every step she took, every breath she did, there was pain in her body from one of her, either her mother, her father, or her stepfather's. And uh, everything was completely wiped away, even though it had been 20, 30 years. Her husband actually got her out of an, an insane, you know, asylum, an institution that the psychiatrist had even given up on her. They said, she's beyond, you can't, there's nothing you can do about this. Go get yourself a young, another wife. And brought her to the service. And she was instantly healed of all the trauma, all the cellular memory of the cells in her body, all the memories in her head. And because the work says that we can wipe out the memories in our, our mind, the bad ones. And she's in full-time ministry now. Praise God. Yes. Hallelujah. And she went back to the institution just to clean out her drawers. Hallelujah. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Yes, it is. Yes. And, uh, but anyway... You know, and, and the area of erasing the pain of your past, which is also covered in Freedom Beyond Comprehension, that the Word says he chooses to remember our sins no more. So it is a choice. God doesn't have a bad memory. He has chosen to remember our sins no more. So with that, it's, number one, it's just like real exciting. Number two, I got the revelation that you can lay hands on your head, ask God to remove all the painful memories. Now, I remember that my ex-husband was gay because he is gay. All of the abuse, everything that he ever did to me is completely erased out of my brain. And I can talk about him and tell you everything good about him. 
And, and, and God did it to our four girls, too. It's amazing what God did. Now, backing that up with a scripture where Paul says, forgetting those things which are behind me, you know, forgetting those things that I did, forgetting the things that were done to me, I pressed toward the prize of the mark of the high calling. And I have DVDs and CDs on all this teaching also, which really, you know, really, really helps a lot too. And uh, my testimony of overcoming betrayal is in my book, Healing the Heart. And the first three chapters, you're like, oh, my God, <laughs> we've got to get her out of this mess. But the other ten chapters are great. And um, it's all great. But it, it paints a picture of, you know, like when your darkest hour lasts longer than 60 minutes. You know, that's, that was one of my chapters. And literally wiped out financially, no place to go, no money, no nothing, you know, like $3,500 to my name, which is more than a lot of people have um, as a result of, you know, divorce and things like that. And, um, you know, but that doesn't last long when, you know, your income covers, doesn't even cover your tithe and your house payment, you know. So, uh, but God made up the difference, and it was absolutely miraculous what he did. And, uh, and, and now I live in a beautiful home and perfect credit score, paid off cars, glory to God. Um, you know, that God has just blessed me in so many areas uh, financially because I teach healing, fivefold healing, body, mind, soul, spirit, and finances. And I'm going to leave out your finances. I've been totally supernaturally healed in the area of finances that in turn supernatural provision uh, is, is a book that I've written on how people can get set free from the curse of poverty, the curse of debt, spirit of lack, <laughs> kingdom thinking, and instead of the poverty mindset. And too many Christians have the poverty mindset, which is not good. I was talking to uh, three sets of pastors, uh, all in the same state. And they're saying, we really want you to come. We really want you to come. We have no money for your plane fare, no money for an honorarium, no money to put you in a hotel, no money, no money, no money. And I'm like, Number one, honor a prophet, receive a prophet's reward. A workman is worthy of his hire, you know, and at least something. And I'm like, the spirit of poverty and poverty thinking has got to be broken, has absolutely got to be broken. And there's too many churches and or people that live in that poverty syndrome. And what God wants to do, he wants to take us out of poverty on earth as it is in heaven. There is no lack in heaven. There is no cancer in heaven. There is no low self-esteem in heaven. Uh, There are no colds in heaven. And we need to confess that we are no more sick than anybody in heaven right now. And, and walk out divine health. And we can walk out divine health. But more people yes. don't believe that. Yes, but in your, in your book, uh, Power to Heal, which is really nice about it because um, 
it's so simplified that step by step, but you also give basic prayers to help people in their own in their own home, even per se, just go through these steps and receive this the healing they need, whether it be financial, physical, trauma, um, you know, how important Dread. forgiveness is. Yeah. Yeah. This goes on. But you know the problem is, and or it's not it's not a problem. But the facts are that uh, it's so important to hear people, uh, for people to hear the hope that you have that you have been set free from these things because we have such a broken generation today of people coming from all vast types of of issues, uh, divorce, you know, abandonment, rejection, whatever it might be, but to to like the bible says to become an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony and you are obviously testifying that look i don't even i don't even remember these traumatic things anymore god not only healed uh-huh. me but he erased those those memories so it's I like look at it's, the good. it's unbelievable i mean i have a phenomenal memory and I can't remember the bad. I can't remember any bad, except for the fact that he cheated on me, because he's still doing that. That's like that's unheard of, miraculous. Yeah. And like where where Nancy's concerned, the lady with the arm that grew out and so forth, she has no remembrance. Now, now here's a big one where she's concerned. When she went to high school, she never went unless she was drunk or high on drugs. Oh. <gasps> Oh, every day she had to do something in order that she could actually make it through school and make it through life. And she is totally Mm -hmm. drug-free, alcohol-free, praising Jesus, you know, arm grown out, arms the same length, not having to fix her clothes anymore. I mean, absolutely unbelievable. You know, there was one other thing that you said in that book that kind of struck me as it made a lot of sense. Of You mentioned in one of your examples that there was a lady who heard her father, she was so victimized, but heard her father say that men don't like fat ladies. So she right. instantly grabbed that and said, and started trying to pack on the weight because she wanted to hide behind the weight. Because and I, her father and her brother had sexually abused her since she was very young. Well, it made me realize, and, though, that how many people out there that we might think uh, have a problem with just eating, maybe that's, maybe that's not even the root issue. Well, let me tell you something else about that particular person. She was probably, I think, 250 overweight, okay, maybe 300. Mm -hmm. She lost about 150. A couple guys left her that, friend, you really, really look nice. You are like, you're so pretty. Totally freaked her out. Boom, 150 pounds came back on her. Oh. She says, I can't handle this. I can't handle men thinking I'm pretty. And literally just ate herself right back up to the hurt, that prime rate again, prime 
wait again. Where now, is she I, today? I think this, is she addressed this now? She, um, she, I actually have lost contact with her uh, over the last couple of years. But I do know that, um, you know, I mean, every, any, she, had, she hadn't completely, 100%, gotten over it. Funniest person I had probably almost ever met and loving, in-depth, hard-after-God person, but was terrified of being abused. Absolutely, yeah. completely terrified of being abused. Well, how long would you say that it took you um, to, I mean, you had the background of your mom and your dad, but okay, now I, let, I mean, let me obviously let, things are not going to happen overnight. Stuff is going right. to take a little time. They to can, but they normally don't. Now, my mom and dad, but primarily my mom, they both came out of the Depression. And you just had to deal with it, suck it up, and go on. Now, my mom is not a pastor. So, and, and, and Mercy is not her strong suit. She would say, well, just get over it. Be glad you're not married to him anymore. I'm like, I gave him 25 years of my life plus. Okay? Yeah. And I'm like, I cannot wake up and say, oh, I'm so glad I'm not married anymore. It doesn't happen that way. And, uh, and so the counselors gave me no hope. Medically, seven, eight years, you might feel a little better, but you will never, ever get over it. I would say probably, and so I, I went to God and I said, God, they say they can't help me, but I know you can. And I want the fast track of getting out of this valley of the shadow of death. I'm going to run through it like my pants are on fire, and I don't want to have any smell of smoke. I want to do all that you've called me to do, and I want to be a strong man in your kingdom to help lead other people out of this house. And so at that point, I said, um, anyway, long story short on that, is like I would say probably 80% of my healing came the first year because of my determination to touch the hem of his garment. Not to just sit back and go, well, we'll see how I am in seven or eight years. They ain't going to cut it, you know. And, um, and, and I've proven that you can get over it. You can forget about it. Yay, God, that's for sure. And, uh, but I was going, and uh, in, in regards to that, it was, and then like, 80%, then I, about a year later, I learned about the covenant. Even though my heart had been healed, I just kind of felt like yucky sometimes. Well, that's when he was out with other people. And, you know, when that got done, that was like an incredible revelation. I had already forgiven him, um, you know, and your words are so powerful because I could have accepted seven, eight years, or, and you'll never get over it, as my diagnosis. I did not harbor on that. I, in turn, said, I'm going to get over this faster than anybody you could ever fathom in your entire life, and I'm going to do what I can do to get other people through this um, and, and out of this hell. Because, you know, you blame yourself. Even, even my friend Nancy, you know, she is, 
she's so over it and she's helping people out of it, but she knew there was no hope. You know, the only thing that helped her was the drugs and the alcohol because psychiatrists said, you need to learn to live with it. And, you know, and now she's so free, she didn't even remember that being part of her life. Even though it's part of her testimony, she has it in book form and so forth. Um, But the thing is, is that what God wants to do is he wants to totally, completely set people free and then forget about it. Glory. Yeah. That's what's so awesome. You know, it's like like you're... Oh, yeah. Like I mean, restored what the locust has stolen there. In absolutely. Every aspect. Every aspect. And I remarried, um, yeah, I remarried a godly man in uh, 11 years ago. We just had our anniversary. And, uh, you know, and we're traveling the world. And he just loves Jesus, loves me, and in that order. And um, thinks I've hung the moon, but I remind him that God did that. But, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, but um, and yeah, and uh, you know, and and uh, you know, he helps me in editing my books, and you know, and and uh, he has some input. Sometimes he helps minister and speak, and you know, and uh, I don't have to worry about is he living in sin because he didn't come out of a life of sin. I didn't come out of a life of sin. You know, we never slept around, never did drugs, never drank. So, you know, this and never cussed. You know, so this is kind of rare, meaning somebody 50 years old has never done it like me, you know, but he's, he, we're both now in our 60s. So, so it's really amazing. That is, that is quite, you have given a whole bunch of information in a short period of time. And I've given you almost a whole week. Yeah. And listed some of the books that if people are dealing with, you know, any of these type of issues, they need answers, they need help, there is resources. We'll be sure to put it on our web. uh, I've got, like, teachings on getting free of depression, getting free of fear, because fear is the opposite. And the enemy absolutely loves, loves um, putting fear in our hearts. Fear yes, of fine. How can you please God, but, yeah. you know, by faith? And it's like fear of lack, fear of all, well, the word says he's going to take care of our needs. And if you're fearing lack, you're double-minded. Your faith is double-minded, and which is not good. Uh, you will not receive, as James 1, 5 says, right. those who are double-minded. Wishy-washy, yep. Yes. Um. I know there was something else I wanted to mention, but uh, it's not coming to mind. So, um, you know, Todd, I listened to some of your stuff on the root of trauma, and and a, where a lot of the people were instantly healed. Yes. You want me to you want me to share some of them? Sure, that'd be great. Okay, we had um, a lady who happened to be a friend of mine. She had pain in her head for four years. And this person, who you would know, healing ministry, prayed. This person laid hands on her. This person laid hands on her. This person laid hands and wasn't healed. Came, and I happened to see her at a friend's house. She said, I got this pain. Can you pray? I said, okay. How did you get the pain? Well, I was hit in the head by a pole. 
okay, trauma. I said, okay, the image is I curse the spirit of trauma. I command it to be gone in Jesus' name, and I command the pain to be gone. Thank you, Jesus. She went, thank you, Jesus. That has been eight years. She's not had even a headache since then. That's simple. And, wow. Yeah. And, and so, like, somebody may fall on their shoulder, uh, like, off a ladder or, you know, whatever. And so, I'll, you know, people have prayed for the shoulder to be healed, you know. And then sometimes it gets, like, about 80% healed. But then when you curse the spirit of trauma, and then when you add, like, in the images, I command all of the cellular memory of that pain and the incident to go in Jesus' name, that's when frozen shoulders totally straighten up and this happens and that happens and all the pain goes away. And uh, not just, well, it's just still a little sore, you know, and then you pray and the soreness is gone, mobility restored. I mean, it's just, it's an amazing revelation how simple that one word is to, and seeing people completely set free. And, you know, and it's like everybody prays, but it's like if you add, I've told people that are in the healing rooms, you know, worldwide, if you add the trauma, the prayer for trauma, you will see 90 to 97% of the people you pray for healed instantly, not like over the next few months. We get that 3% over the next few months. Hmm. That's a good and I point. don't just tell them but they're seeing it. Yeah. And, that's... you know, and, and when I go into churches, because I, I do what's called pray, church, pray, teach, and I'll pray for the person. I'm like, oh, okay, you don't know what a pray on is, so I'm going to come back, and I may explain it then, or I'll say, hold on that thought, let me finish praying, then I will come back and tell you what that is. And a prion, P-R-I-O-N-S, it's plural, or prion singular, is uh, simple terms, bad cells eating good cells. Now, all cancer has prions. They also say that every body has prions. Mine doesn't because they're, they're like so cursed, they're out of there. And, and if you ask a secular biologist, which I have, what is a prion? And one of the dictionaries, even on the Internet, will also verify what I'm saying specifically is if you ask them, what is a prion? The first response is they are demonic. They're the only cell known to man without a nucleus. They have no idea where they came from or how to get rid of them. That is demonic. So you curse it in the name of Jesus, like Jesus cursed the fig tree, to the very roots, okay, because the fig tree was cursed at the very roots, never, ever, ever to come back whatsoever. And so, so it is cursed, commanded to be released. And, I, you know, sometimes I'll say, and go home, go straight to hell, you know. And, um, and, and it, it totally, they're, they're healed. I mean, they are, people are totally completely healed and set free. Schizophrenia, bipolar, instantaneously healed in the services. I mean, to the point where, you know, you know, they can't talk, they're so drugged, they're so their mind is so blown and they're they're trying to ask me for prayer and when I finally understand what they're saying, I'll pray and they go, Oh, that was really cool. That was really cool. I'm like so healed <laughs> you know. I mean totally come out of it. And uh, and that's what Jesus did. 
we as Christians should not do anything less. And that's what's important. Go ahead. I was going to say that's really neat because, you know, I worked in psych for about three years, and it didn't matter what you prayed for these people. It didn't seem to change anything. And so maybe that's what we were missing. Is the trauma. Because every single person in that psych ward has, and there's different levels of trauma. You know, there's like a little thing here, and it can even bring on um, depression, and then it can bring on fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome. It can bring on, because anybody that's had fibromyalgia, everybody I pray for has been healed of it, which is just awesome. You can pinpoint when it started about a year. It had something traumatic about a year before they were diagnosed. And then, um, and then depression, oppression, um, bipolar, and schizophrenia. Now, schizophrenia, horrendous uh, trauma has happened. Usually, not always 100%, but usually some form of sexual trauma. And it totally, it totally puts them into another realm so that they don't have to deal with how embarrassed they are, how hurt they are, how traumatized they are, usually from somebody they looked up to, whether, you know, mom, dad, stepfather, aunt, you know, you know, something like that. So, um, you know, and it's just, you know, I I have a DVD teaching. It's called Close the Door to Stress and Trauma. And that just literally walks you out on every area of your life. It's amazing. It's amazing, the testimonies that I hear from that. That's that's really neat. Yeah, all of my books, though, like one of them, Healing the Whole Man, has a, a, you know, a kind of a dictionary of what diseases are and how to pray for them. And those are, all of my books are written at ninth grade level. Because I believe in the KISS method, you know, keep it simple. Thanks. And, uh, and, and yes. The, the, it, yes, as simple as it is, and I, I have a very simple mind, and, um, and I don't have a, you know, a rocket scientist brain, but I have a very simple brain, and I, in turn, can convey very much, very real, down to earth, and you get it. I mean, because the revelation the two of you, not to mention everybody that is listening, the two of you have received tremendous revelation today. And it's like, I can do that. I can curse that spirit of drama. I can, you know, uh, speak all these different diseases. And because you've got the knowledge on the trauma, on the cellular memory, on, on all that kind of stuff, cancer with prions, and, uh, you know, and you can actually see all of a sudden, and I'm, I'm sensing that the two of you in particular, that your spirit man is really rising for such a time as this. It's just like, this is like really awesome. And, um, you know, and you in turn can see incredible, incredible um, miracles happen and in your own life. You know, I mean, I just think it's just like really awesome. Well, I actually had something, uh, before we have even uh, interviewed you, it happened this holiday, and uh, in particular in my family, there was an issue of trauma, 
And after celebrating, you know, I didn't know why, but all day long it was like I would hear myself praying and not even know I was praying. And then I'd hear myself and go, well, obviously there's something that needs prayer today. Well, at the Uh end of the night, what ended up happening was um, this this girl went into instant heart-wrenching cry. And uh, I began at the to house feel, with you. At yeah, the house? with me there. Okay. At the house, and so I went over, and you know, she was hearing nothing I was saying. But then, and she wanted to leave, leave the house instantly. I want to go. Well, I could begin to feel the deep, deep pain in her heart, deep pain. And uh, so I went outside with her, and uh, f- for a while, I'd been really wanting to know how to pray for this girl well it just came to my mind pray like Joan Hunter does so I that's good that's awesome and I curse that trauma and I'm telling you it does instantly she was in her right mind walked back in the house fine that is awesome that is great and I thought wow thank you God and I get to talk to Joan this week on an interview that's awesome yeah, so that, that that was really so. Thank you, thank you for going into it even more. So, but that was just a little byproduct testimony of yes. And the I reality. Do know what to do. Yeah, and and see, that's coming from you. I'm doing the teaching, telling you. You're telling everybody. I did what she said already, and it works. Yes, it and does. And it totally, and it will not be the last time you do it. Amen. I mean, you know, and and everybody within the sound of our voice is like, I need to do that, you know. And it's like, you know, you want to go, who can I pray for? Well, you know, the first person you start off with is yourself. So just put your hand on your heart and, uh, you know, I can either pray or we can all pray together. And, uh, and you repeat and just let's just see the enemy. Let's take back the enemy's territory and get our hearts back. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I send the word of healing to each person that is within the sound of my voice. And, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I curse that spirit of trauma that has attacked them even as a young child and that spirit of fear that came in. And, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I command every bit of that trauma every bit of the effect of that trauma to go in Jesus' name. And, Father, I speak life back in any form of depression, oppression, chronic fatigue syndrome. I command every bit of that to go. A spirit of hopelessness, I command it to be gone. In Jesus' name, I speak life and health and hope. And and, uh, in Jesus' name and what God has shown us for this year, that last year was a year of hope, this is a year of have. And that I speak to all within the sound of my voice that they're going to have what is rightfully theirs in the kingdom of God. And, Father, I thank you for supernatural breakthrough in every person's life. I curse the spirit of, of debt, lack, and poverty in Jesus' name, over every single person who is listening. And, Father, I thank you for supernatural breakthrough 
in Jesus' name that they're going to be able to help fund the radio program, help fund ministries and their church. And, Father, I just thank you that this is a turnaround day for them and a God appointment in Jesus' name. And, Father, if there's anybody out there who doesn't have an intimate relationship with you, Father, I just thank you that you have have moved on their heart that they want more. So if that is you, just repeat after me. Just say, Father, I want to know you more. I I really, really want to know you. And I repent of any of my sins. I ask you to separate it from me, put them on the cross, never to be held against me again. And Jesus, I want you in my life, not just as my Savior, but as my Lord. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I I want all of you. And Father, through your Holy Spirit, lead me and guide me into all you have for me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Well, thank you, my dear, for taking the Well, you are welcome. And uh, like I said, we'll post it all up on the web, your contact information. They can look up your website. uh, Very simple, joanhunter.org. Beautiful. Anything else? That is it. God bless y'all. You too. Ciao for now. That's a wrap. And you be blessed, honey.